Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, it's been 20 years since TLC 2000, the Dudleys, the Hardys, Edge and Christian, we get bullies inside of what happened that night at TLC 2000. It's must listen to radio from our Hall of Famer, Bully Ray. Also, we get into NXT from last night as well. Karrion Cross and Keith Lee, what's going to happen at TakeOver on Saturday night? Also, Pat McAfee and Adam Cole. A lot to get into. We do it right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Tommy and I were talking yesterday's show, Greatest SummerSlam Matches, Greatest SummerSlam Moments. Uh, my number two match, my number two moment was TLC 2000. So I kind of teased yesterday, now talking to you today. I mean, 20 years. It's crazy. It's amazing. I can't believe it's been 20 years since TLC 2000. If you can, Bully, kind of just share some, you know, some feelings, some moments of what it was like to be in the ring that night for TLC with you, your, your, your brother, Devon, the Hardys, and, of course, Edge and Christian. I wish I had memories of it, but since Jericho bulldogged me off the top of a ladder in Vegas at TLC4 and basically erased my memory, I couldn't even tell you about it. I, I, I seriously have no memories. Uh, very, very, you know, little little bits and pieces. Um, uh, I, I remember <laughs> being on the top of that ladder and looking down at those four tables on the floor thinking, what the frick am I doing up here? <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I don't really remember the match, but what I, what I do like about it is people ask me, you know, about my accomplishments, you know, what's your favorite accomplishment of this? And I don't do the favorite thing, but when it comes to TLC, what I'm truly most proud of is the fact that three tag teams, six guys um, went out there and basically said, follow that. It was a moment that I'm happy and proud of that will live forever. People will talk about, you know, the first triangle ladder match. I'll talk about TLC one and this Sunday being the 20th anniversary of it. 
I'm I'm proud that those three teams were probably the last the last uh, generation or the last era of the great tag teams where tag teams were allowed to flourish in the main event uh, at times. I'm proud of the fact that the WWE saw that they had something in all three teams and allowed us to run with the ball. Uh, I'm just, and I'm proud of the fact that we created a match. TLC was invented by the Hardys, the Dudleys, and Edge and Christian five minutes after the triangle ladder match at WrestleMania 2000. We were all standing there and said, well, hell, hell, if we ever do this again, we should call it TLC because we incorporated the, uh, the tables and the chairs. So, and, and it all goes back to the whole, that hall of fame moment, Dave, that, you know, you were at, and I, I knew in my heart that there was a good chance that you would never get the Hardys, the Dudleys and Edge and Christian at the same place at the same time ever again. And if there was ever a place for the Hardys, the Dudleys, Edge and Christian to be in the same place at the same time, it would have been at SummerSlam this year commemorating and honoring the 20 year anniversary of SummerSlam. Would you would you agree or disagree? Yeah, I I, I got to be honest and listen, it's hard because, you know, with Matt now with AEW and you know, there's a lot of moving parts, but I think a lot of fans would have loved that there was some kind of like, you know, look back you know, especially 20 years at that great match at SummerSlam 2000. But as you know, Bully, in the world of pro wrestling, things are always changing. Things are always evolving. And now, even like now with this pandemic that's going on for this year's SummerSlam, it's unlike any SummerSlam that we've ever experienced before. So it would have probably been very difficult to do. But I wish somehow, some way, they were able to do something because it's something that should be looked back on because it's one of the greatest matches and one of the greatest moments in the history of the WWE. Well, I appreciate that a lot. And, and that's why I wanted that Hall of Fame moment to happen. That's why me and Devon were adamant about having the Hardys and Edge and Christian up there, because that moment in time for us will live forever. And we wanted fans to see us in the same place at the same time. And I, I knew in my heart that the chances of us ever being together uh, again, we're, we're going to be very, very small. So if we had that opportunity that night to, to all just be together and lift the, you know, each other's arms in the air, uh, it was very important to myself and, and Devon to give the WWE universe, the fans that. That wasn't for the wrestlers. That wasn't for Vince. That wasn't for anybody but wrestling fans so they could see that one last time. So, yeah, I'm really proud of it. If you've never seen TLC1, you could always go on the WWE Network and check it out. Uh, hit me up on the old Twitter machine. Tell me if you liked it or not. Let me know if you think it stands the test of time. Uh, and I know we're, all of us, we're very proud of, uh, of that match. And, and all, all, all three of the matches that we had, the triangle ladder match, TLC1, TLC2. Um, but, yeah, hopefully SummerSlam's a great show. Hopefully one day three other teams top that match. You know, and really quick, because I know, I know, I know you don't like it. You know, to self-reflect about things like that, and especially on this show, bully, we're always talking about the now and the future and what's going to happen tomorrow and what happened the night before. But just really quick, because I think this is a unique experience. And honestly, since there really is no retrospective on this, as there should be, this might be the only opportunity to do it. Because you kind of just mentioned when you were looking down at those tables, like, you know, I know the feeling going in and the feeling coming out, but 
kind of give the feeling during that match. Are you thinking at all? Are you like when you're in that? Because that match was 20 minutes long, like, and it was like just pure action from start to finish. Like, what was going on in your mind and in your head during that 20 minutes while that match was taking place? Um, you don't have time to think. And if you re- like when you're taking a bump like I took off of the ladder that night or the bump that Matt took backwards uh, off the ladder, the more you think, the worse it's going to be. You'll get in your own head. You just want to grip it and rip it and go out there what you want to do. A TLC match is probably the most difficult match to pull off in all of pro wrestling. And the reason is all six guys have to know the match backwards and forwards Every step, every way. Because if one guy goes down, if something happens, if something goes wrong, even the smallest of things, it's going to be a a, a dramatic chain reaction. So everybody has to be able to fill in. Everybody has to be able to uh, improvise. And you, you need to know where everybody is. So, you know, when you come up with a match, sometimes, you know, you only know the finish, and then sometimes you only know a couple spots. Some guys know the entire match. This particular match, you everybody has to know backwards and forwards, and everybody has to recite the match backwards and forwards. Just way all the other guys know that you got it. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- with that spot, uh, I-, I think I may have told you this story once before. I wanted to have a memorable moment. Everybody in wrestling wants to have that that moment in time that can live forever. Obviously with Mick Foley taking the bump off of the hell in the cell. And that was kind of like what I had in mind. I'm like, Mick will always be remembered for his bump off the cell. No matter what Mick did, how entertaining Mick was, uh, Socko, Rock and Sock, when you think championships. Of Mick Foley. Exactly. Yeah. But what do you but what do you think of when you say Mick Foley? The hell in the cell. Bump off the top of the yep. So I wanted to have a moment like that, and I figured, well, I'm going to go stand on the top of the – nobody's ever done this before. I'm going to go stand on the top of that ladder. I'm going to reach for the belt, and then I'm going to get pushed over, and I'm going to crash and burn through the four tables. And it was interesting because after – about a month after that match was over, I saw Mick. And we were talking, and he was congratulating, you know, us and me on a great match. And he said to me, why did you take that bump? I said, well, Mick, to be honest with you, I wanted to do something memorable. I wanted to, you know, w- w- when, I, when I'm dead and buried and long gone, I want people to be able to remember me for, for some cool moment. You know, I, I, I was trying to emulate what you did. And he goes, you do realize you would have got to pay the same amount of money if you would have <laughs> took a clothesline. And I was like, oh, my God, you're such a buzzkill. Yeah. Get away from me right now. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, there's no time to think, Dave. I think one of the one of the things I'm also proud of in the three matches, the triangle ladder match, TLC one and TLC two, everybody came out of all of those matches practically unscathed. No real injuries. I mean, yeah, bumps and bruises and soreness mm-hmm. and pain, blah, blah, blah. That's easy. No injuries, nothing that put us out of commission, nothing that hurt too bad. When I go back and I watch them every now and then, I, I'm like, wow, those matches went as well in the ring as we executed them in the back. 
So it's definitely a body of work that I'm proud of, and uh, and I'll always be proud of all of the other guys that I was in there with because it truly was a team effort, and to get six guys on the same page so many different times is uh, is a difficult task. And I do appreciate you putting it over, and I appreciate fans who've throughout the past 20 years always asked me about it, talked to me about it, tweet me about it. I really do appreciate it. The experts of MLB Network Radio. Watch how you're landing if you're pitching. You're not in line. So now you're losing power. You're losing strength. Ryan Spielborgs. You're going to have arm side run. You're not going to be as accurate. You're going to lose power. You're going to lose velocity. That's where we're at. It's no longer a field. Now we can actually take data from force plates that can show you you're costing yourself energy. Baseball talk at the next level. MLB Network Radio. Sirius 209, XM 89, and on the Sirius XM app. I was shaking my head last night because after Pat McAfee went out there and did what he did, I, I, I put out a tweet. I said if talking shit was an Olympic sport, uh, Pat McAfee would win gold, silver, and bronze. I thought he did a really great job. But people were answering my tweet going, but yeah, can he, but can he wrestle? He's not going to be able to wrestle. He can't wrestle. So what? What are you looking for, a wrestling match between Pat McAfee and Adam Cole? The last thing I want to see is a wrestling match. I don't care if Pat McAfee can wrestle. I don't care if he doesn't know know one wrestling move. All I want to do is see Pat McAfee and Adam Cole is fight. What about you, Dave? You want to see a wrestling match? No, and I think think Pat McAfee said it clearly last night. I've only been training for this for two weeks. Like he knows he's not a wrestler. All what did he what did he kept referring to? The 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 kick to Adam Cole two weeks ago. That's all he was talking about. Because that's really the only offense that he can rely on is that kick. And again, he kept saying it. Hey, I only was a I'm only doing this for two weeks. So you're not gonna get hip toss, takedown, headlock. You're not getting those things from uh, from Adam Cole and Pat McAfee on Saturday night. And and other fans like the the smart fan, quote unquote smart, because the smarter they are, the harder they fall. The smart fans were saying, "Oh yeah, but Adam Cole's gonna have to carry him to a good match. It's gonna be up to Adam Cole to get Pat McAfee over." Yada yada. And I'm like. Oh, yeah. You mean just like Bam Bam Bigelow had to do for Lawrence Taylor? And look how great that came out. Yeah, uh, uh, of course Adam Cole will have to be the ring general in this scenario. It's pro wrestling. It's sports entertainment. You want to go out there and you want to tell a story through some athleticism. So, yeah, Adam Cole's going to lead the dance. But in any good match, there's got to be a good leader and an even better follower. And I'm sure Pat McAfee is going to do a great job. So, don't be such a wise ass and going, oh, yeah, but Adam Cole's going to have to carry him. Well, yeah, we've seen this scenario in wrestling happen hundreds of times, Dave, with former football players trying to get in a ring. Mongo McMichael had to be carried almost every single night. Yes. But the most the most the, the, the one that we remember best is Bigelow and LT. And did Bigelow and LT work? They, it, yes, it did in a big <laughs> way. It carried it to a main event match at WrestleMania. Here's the other thing, too, Bully, is that. When it comes to Pat McAfee, there is the unknown. Pat McAfee is a shit talker. There's no doubt about it. But he's also smart. So the fact that he was saying, hey, I've only been training this for this for two weeks. Well, maybe he's been training a little bit longer than two weeks. You just don't know about it. 
And maybe he wants you and Adam Cole to believe that he's been only training for this for two weeks. You know, he's been training with Rip Rogers. He's done a lot more training than than these past two weeks. So he might surprise a few people on Saturday night with what he can do in the ring. Now, is he on the same plane as an Adam Cole? Of course not. No, no there, there's no shot at that. But I'm sure Pat McAfee's got a little bit up his sleeve. To the point, Bully, what happened? After all that shit talking... And then security came in to hold Adam Cole back. Adam Cole kicked the shit out of all those security guards. What did you see from Pat McAfee? Fear. When he, when Adam Cole stepped up to Pat McAfee, you, you, you saw Pat McAfee's expression like, oh my God, holy shit, what did I just get myself into? We're going to see it played out on Saturday night. Thank God somebody sold this week. Yes, but you know, but seriously, Pat McAfee did sell. I mean, think about it because it's more than what you can do in a ring. And we really don't know what Pat McAfee can do in a ring. We're not going to find that out till Saturday. But let's let's talk about what we do know from Pat McAfee. Was he great on the microphone last night? Hell yeah, he was. He was very good on the microphone. I dare to say maybe probably better on the microphone than a lot of people that were in that building that night when that was being filmed. The other thing, too, facial expressions. Bully, you talk about it all the time. How do you sell something? By your facial expressions. Pat McAfee did that. He sold how cocky he was. He also sold fear in the ring last night. Man, I I, I think A-plus on the mic, A-plus on facial expressions. I can't grade anything until I actually see what he can do in the ring come Saturday night. And less is more with Pat McAfee. I want to see him punch. I want to see him kick. Um, And I want to see him bust out a cool move or two, which I think you're going to see. I don't want to see a wrestling match. I want to see a good fight. I want to see some run-ins. I want to see some shenanigans. I want to see some some craziness. And that's what we're going to get. They're going to smoke and mirror this matchup, which is exactly what I want from it. Maybe AJ Hawk runs in, starts beating the shit out of people. Who, but you know what, Bully? You just said something that made me th- start to think a little bit here. Like, you know, everybody on social media last night was talking about how great Adam Cole is in the ring, and he's a great professional wrestler, and he's going to carry Pat McAfee. Yeah, obviously Adam Cole is a great professional wrestler. But you know what? Pat McAfee's a great athlete. And Pat McAfee is looks to me like somebody that's probably had a bunch of brawls at a bar or in a back alley somewhere. So maybe when it comes to pro wrestling, Adam Cole is king. But I'm wondering if it comes to just a, an out-and-out rugged fight in a brawl, you might want to give the edge to somebody like Pat McAfee. What would happen if Pat McAfee and Adam Cole met in a dark alley? Exactly. Who are you giving the edge to? Might be might might give the edge to Pat McAfee. Hmm. Just might. Yep. Could hear all the Adam Cole fans screaming at their radios right now. Hey everyone, this is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. I love the story, Bully. I love it. 
athlete from the outside, thinking he's hot shit, coming into the world of pro wrestling, and you know what? Was able to do just what he said he was able to do. He's disrespecting Adam Cole. He's disrespecting the commentators. He's disrespecting the wrestling community because in his eyes, and honestly, it's true as of this moment right now, might change come Saturday, but he's got the upper hand. And it's a great story. You don't need anything more than that. And I'm looking forward to what's going to happen Saturday at NXT TakeOver 30. I know we've been putting Cole over a lot, but uh, I'm sorry, putting uh, McAfee over a lot, but props to Adam Cole also. He did a great job standing his ground. He did a great job in that final shot when he got right up into McAfee's face and said, I'm going to make you my bitch. And, and, and Cole is going to be a shining star in this match because he's going to be the leader of this dance. He's going to be the leader of this fight. Um, he's, he, listen, in the Undisputed Era, uh, Adam Cole is the shining star. He is that group. He, 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 trust me when I tell you this, no, no disrespect to the other guys, but the spotlight is on Adam Cole. Sometimes those other guys get lost in the shovel. And there's a reason why there's spotlight on him because he gets it done with his voice and his facials. Like, I don't know if I would have bought any of those other guys in Pat McAfee's face, but at the end, when Adam Cole was up in his face, I bought into it. I think he's going to kick McAfee's ass. And I think McAfee is going to do his best to, to play the heel in this situation and be a Weasley scumbag. And as Weasley scumbags go, Pat McAfee is a pretty good Weasley scumbag. And listen, I, this would have been interesting. I know we keep saying this, Bully, like if there was a crowd, if there was a crowd. And, you know, I don't know how the crowd re would react. You know, Adam Cole is definitely... Super popular with the, the crowd that's at full sale. So I'm guessing it would have gone very similar to what we saw last night. They would have been 100% behind Adam Cole, and they would have been snickering and, and saying the things that were being said last night to Pat McAfee. And Pat McAfee did a good job reacting to it. Like, people were chanting, you suck. He turned around, he's like, no, you suck. And then he turned back around to Adam Cole. What a great way to react to the crowd. Did it get to him? No. But he was able to get that one line in there, and that one line was enough to shut up that crowd. I think it would have played the same exact way if there was a full crowd at full sale. If there was a full crowd there, they would have been 100% behind Adam Cole because that's their guy. Yep. And McAfee is really the outsider. Uh, here's an interesting tweet on the old Twitter machine from uh, Sean. He says, could Pat McAfee do what Ronda Rousey did with her debut match and then shock the entire world because of how good of an athlete he is? Why not? He is a phenomenal athlete. And if you have the foundation of being a phenomenal athlete, the couple of things that Rip Rogers is going to teach him or that he's going to learn along the way, he's probably going to be able to execute better in the ring because of his natural athletic ability. Yeah, I mean... You know, Ronda Rousey's a little bit different, obviously, in the world of MMA. You know, there's some things that she was able to use there that she could use in, in the squared circle with wrestling. Completely different environment. But you know what I'm saying? The foundation is there. And you're right about Pat McAfee. Like, I think people look at Pat McAfee and they see, you know, he constantly wears the shirt with the, you know, the, with the, you know, the sleeves cut off and, you know, we're, we're used to his ramblings on his podcast and on his show and on ESPN when he's a guest here on Busted Open. But you forget that he was a pro bowl athlete. All right, he was a punter. But Pat McAfee did a hell of a lot more than what the 
quote-unquote usual punter does in the NFL. He did a lot of tackling. He talked shit on the football field, and he was able to back it up. He is a athlete at the foundation. So you're right, Bully. Like, we really don't know what we could possibly get from Pat McAfee on set. We don't know. We haven't seen it yet. All we've seen is that kick. Now, that kick's not going to be enough in a match, but maybe there's a little bit more to his offense or possibly defense than just that kick on Saturday. All I know is this. I want to see Adam Cole do to Pat McAfee what Pat McAfee did to Adam Cole. Now, if they have plans to go farther with this, then maybe you hold it off, but I don't know where you're going to go with it. It's SummerSlam. It's a big match. It's a big moment. You might want to pay it off. It's not like we're holding off Adam Cole and Pat McAfee for WrestleMania or, or, you know, uh, Survivor Series or the Royal Rumble. So uh, I think that that Pat McAfee is going to step up to the plate. I think Adam Cole is going to be a great leader, and I think they're going to give us a great match. And listen, and if and, they and don't, we'll come out. We'll come on the show and we'll bury Pat McAfee. Yeah, you know what? You know, yeah, th- that's what we'll do. <laughs> I, I doubt that, <laughs> but it's very, very possible. But you know what? That will play into the story too. He's making fun of pro wrestling. He's making fun of the pro wrestling community. So if the worst thing we get is an ass kicking and it's a complete squash by Adam Cole, I think the fans will be fine with that too. There's no there's no losing in this situation on Saturday if you're the WWE. Is this uh maybe I missed something. Is there a gimmick on this match? Is this like a no DQ or one of those things? I mean, I'll go and look. I don't remember them saying anything about it being like a no DQ or anything. It's just to me it's just a regular singles match. I don't think there's any kind of stipulation involved with it at all. Well, if it's a regular singles match, that means they got to adhere to the rules. So that's going to be interesting because normally when you have somebody like McAfee involved, you want to kind of give them leeway, you know, street fight, no DQ, yada, yada. They're going to have to keep it in the ring or, you know, they're going to have to be creative, but still maintain some rules. Maybe at the last minute, you know, McAfee gets on the stick and he says, let's up the ante. Let's make this no disqualifications or let's make this, you know, something where they can, you know, think outside the box, perform outside the box. I because mean, if there's run-ins, if if McAfee's got all <clears throat> his guys with him, and and uh, Cole's got you know the undisputed era with him, that's got disqualifications written all over the place. Unless you stip the match. Sirius XM NFL Radio is getting you ready for the 2020 season. Joined by the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, John Gruden. We've rebuilt this team. Uh, we had a really good rookie class last year. And this year, uh, if you could just see us practice, you'd be so impressed with Ruggs, our first-round pick from Alabama. we got a long way to go, but we have added some speed. Last year, we added some size. And those are two things the Raiders are known for. There's a story for every team on Sirius XM NFL Radio Channel 88. It's going to be Finn Balor and Timothy Thatcher at TakeOver. So now five matches on the main show confirmed. That's a pretty damn good one, Timothy Thatcher and Finn Balor, bully. That's going to be a hell of a wrestling match. I've said it a couple of times, like that Thatcher style is not something that I normally gravitate to, but he makes me want to watch it. I really enjoyed like Thatcher and Lorkin and Thatcher and uh, it was Riddle, right? Thatcher Riddle, and Little yep. Riddle. Yep. So I, Finn Balor can do all of that stuff and, and do it really well. That match has me intrigued. And normally a match like that wouldn't. They do. 
Yeah, and you look at now the five matches that are going to be on the main show for NXT TakeOver 30. Those five matches right now, all five I'm emotionally invested in. Every single match that's on that show Saturday night, I'm into, and I can't wait to see. When's the last time you were able to say that? It's probably another NXT TakeOver when you look at every single match is a match you're emotionally invested in. Going to go out on a limb here. Uh, you're more uh, interested in TakeOver than you are SummerSlam. There's no doubt. And we've said that in the past when it comes to TakeOvers. We've always said that like TakeOver is usually better than the pay-per-view that we see. Here we are with SummerSlam. We've seen this before with SummerSlam. We saw it with you know, TakeOver in Brooklyn when SummerSlam was at Bro- in Brooklyn. But you know, every match I'm into... That tells you that not only is it a good card on Saturday, it also tells you that NXT is doing a good job on their show on Wednesdays, Bully, when you're invested in every match. And listen, I said it earlier on in the show, I think NXT did a much better job with their go-home show last night than the WWE did with their go-home Raw on Monday night. I was scratching my head on that go-home row, as I know as you were and a lot of other yep. Nation members were. Uh, last night, I thought it was a solid show, and I'm looking forward to all the things that you are also. Yeah, it's going to be one hell of a show on Saturday night. And, you know, we posed a lot of questions to the Busted Open Nation, so let's go to the Busted Open Nation, 877-344-4893, 877-FIGHT-93. Let's go out to Vinny. In Staten Island, Vinny, what did you want to say about uh, Killer Cross and Keith Lee on Saturday? So I'm more invested in this match because I'm kind of curious what direction they go. I'm looking at the talent after Keith Lee. If he, whenever he decides to drop the title and gets called up to the main roster, who is that one guy that could be uh, carrying Cross or? It's just, just another way for Cross to be prepared to be brought up to the main roster because I feel like there's more people his size, like a Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, um, Edge, Randy Orton, that could compete with Karrion Cross. Because if I see Cross winning the title, the only guy that I could see that could be that, not hero, but the guy that could actually beat Cross is probably Johnny Gargano if he ever turns face again, or maybe Finn Balor, but Finn Balor has not been eyeing the NXT title. He's been, like, lurking, but I don't think he's that type of guy that's going to go for the NXT title. What guy would go after Killer Cross or Karrion Cross if Cross wins the NXT title? Or I think they should keep it on Keith Lee so that they could still build with Keith Lee in, in NXT. Well, Vinny, uh, thanks for the phone call. It's an excellent call, and it's an excellent question. This is where NXT has to be smart, Bully. And I'm not saying it was right or wrong, but in AEW, what did we see with Lance Archer? Lance Archer, they built him as this unbeatable monster, gets in the ring with Cody, he loses to Cody. Brody Lee comes with the New Order, and he's the leader of the New Order. He's in a match with John Moxley. He loses to Moxley. You know, Cage, you know, comes out with Taz. He's, you know, you know huge. He's got so many, you know, abilities in, in the ring. And, you know, he loses to Moxley. 
you can't put Karrion Cross in the in the ring with Keith Lee and just have him lose to Keith Lee. You can't just feed him to Keith Lee because where does that leave Karrion Cross? They have done an amazing job of building Karrion Cross. You just can't build him to lose to Keith Lee. This is why you have to watch this match on Saturday night because I can't tell you what the right thing is to do, Bully. Both of them have tremendous momentum. You want to keep the momentum going. It'll be interesting to see what they do creatively. Cross and Scarlet have been an incredible creation with NXT from day one. A loss doesn't kill Karrion Cross. It would have to be done the right way. If Keith Lee were to, I don't know, get a roll up on Karrion Cross and then Scarlet threw fire in Keith Lee's face again and Karrion Cross destroyed uh, Keith Lee, okay, there's a way out of it. So it's almost like you forget the one, two, three. So yeah, the champ got his victory, but he got destroyed in the end. That's very old school wrestling 101 there. It's been done hundreds of times. But just because it's been done hundreds of times doesn't mean it's not right to do. And obviously, it's worked before if you've done it a hundred times. Yep. Got to take into account the characters, the players, and what different spin you can put on that same story that has worked so much. Sit down, think about it, talk it out. Eventually, you'll come up with something good. Got we got and and I don't want to see a double count out or a DQ. Let's get Keith Lee over and let's have carrying let's let's you know Keith Lee goes over, carrying cross gets over. Yeah, and Keith and- Lee is gonna get over in the process anyway, also. Yeah, and here's the other thing too, Bully. Like, I have a feeling that this story is not going to end on Saturday. I feel like we're going to get a series of matches between Keith Lee and Karrion Cross once we get past Saturday as well. I do think there's going to be a bit of a, I, I hate to say it, like a bit of a wonky ending. It's not going to be, you know, a one, two, three either way. There, like you mentioned, Scarlet in the fire. There's a lot that can happen at the end of this matchup on Saturday. And to answer his second part of the question is like, who can step up to a carry and cross if he wins and becomes champion? You can continue with Keith Lee. Listen, you know, Bronson Reed is somebody that's really emerged. That could be somebody that could go up against Karrion Cross. They, I, listen, Bully, I would love to see Damian Priest and Karrion Cross in the future. I think there's money with Damian Priest as well. So there's a lot of different ways you can go with Karrion Cross if he can, if he captures his championship on Saturday. One of the things that I, one of the stories that just kind of popped into my head as you were talking uh, is the damsel in distress. But using Scarlet Bardot as bait. Could you imagine if Keith Lee found a way to roll up uh, uh, Karrion Cross and beat him and Cross were to blame the loss on Scarlet and he were to berate Scarlet and maybe a couple of weeks of Karrion Cross berating her and Scarlet being a very afraid that one day Karrion Cross was going to raise his hands to her and the only person that she can go to well, that will come to her aid is Keith Lee. Like Scarlet goes to Keith Lee and says, can you please help me? And Keith Lee, being the gentleman, you know, agrees to do it. And it's all a setup just to reel him in some more. This is top of my head stuff that you can do storytelling. It works. 
play on people's emotions. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to buy into Karrion Cross and Scarlett Bordeaux having a plan in which they say, "Okay, I'm going to act like a battered woman. I'm going to run to Keith Lee for help and we're going to set him up. And when the time is right, Cross, you're going to destroy him." I can buy into that and I can understand that a lot more than a flame coming out of a a notebook or whatever it was. Oh, because she kissed it. The flame came out. Oh, okay. Fine. I get it. It's a, it's trick, but I'd rather sink my teeth into a storyline that I can understand than a trick. And listen, and I think why that's why there's money here. This doesn't, this is not going to end on Saturday. Also got to give kudos to not only NXT, but Karrion Cross. I mean, I believe Karrion Cross made his debut on NXT at the beginning of May. You know, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was in May where Karrion Cross made his NXT TV debut. Like, I think he's like that one star bully that really has emerged and has gotten over in a big way during this pandemic era. You know, like he's truly like, you know, everybody was saying, well, you know, how is this character going to be betrayed? How is he going to be able to get over? How is he going to be able to get that emotion when there's no fans in attendance? Well, somebody who's been able to do that is Karrion Cross. Think about it, bully. His entrance Everything has been during this pandemic era. And can you think of anybody on NXT right now that's more over or has gotten over more than Karrion Cross? And he's been able to do it in this pandemic era. So kudos to NXT and their production staff and everything that's gone into this entrance. But kudos to Karrion Cross and Scarlett to be able to do it in a very, very tough time in pro wrestling. They play their parts perfectly. The only thing that I would have done with Karrion Cross from day one is nobody would have bumped him. Nobody would have got offense on him. And if they did, Karrion Cross would have just brushed it off like a hardened criminal, like Max Cady in Cape Fear. They beat him down with pipes. They beat him down with chains, but prison and hardened him so much that nothing could permeate his, you know, his spirit. And that's what I, that's how I would like to have seen Karrion Cross. Like, I don't need to see Karrion Cross bumping around because you know when I'm in the right time? This Saturday for Keith Lee. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.